Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Tim. Appreciate uh, it. Rough ride. The weather, is it still raining out there? It's still raining still pretty raining good, which there. we needed. Yeah, rain, absolutely. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, okay, we'll start here. Uh, I don't know what the legislature has to do, really, with affordable housing. I'm not sure what the Athens-Clark County Commission has to do with setting the price of housing, but we do know that it is a problem here and elsewhere uh, for the purpose of defining terms. I think the federally accepted definition, something like 30% of your income, more than that going to rent or mortgage, uh, you're in an unaffordable situation or a less affordable, less desirable situation. What, if any, is the role for government to play here, state or otherwise? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, we do have a housing problem right now. I mean, you look at uh, mortgage rates are, I think, a 14-year high. Uh, you know, the, the prices of homes have, have increased dramatically. Obviously, that's set by the market. Um, but I think there's a couple areas in particular, uh, too much government regulation when you look at the cost of building houses uh, too much government red tape gets in the way and and makes uh, home prices increase, and that increases obviously uh, the resale and and, uh, and and the issues for homeowners. So I think that getting government out of the way locally, uh, whether that's uh, ordinances set by local government, the state is taking a look at it. We actually have a study committee right now looking at housing uh, across the state because it is a challenge. I also think property taxes is a way that increases. Uh, your monthly monthly bill, uh, obviously, if, if you're on a, a mortgage, it's every month, or uh, or if you're paying a, a lump sum at the end of the year, uh, when when your property tax bill comes. But you know, I I know my property tax bill, like many people in this community, have, has skyrocketed over the last couple of years, and so we're look taking a look at that. Obviously, local government sets uh, the millage rate, but um, at the state level, this past legislative session, we passed a bill that I was proud to to carry and author. Uh, that increases the homestead exemption here in Clark County. It hadn't been touched in probably 20 years. I think it was the 90s last time it was touched. But uh, our current homestead exemption is $10,000, which decreases the uh, decreases the, basically the value you're taxed on on your home, uh, which saves you uh, tax which saves you uh, on your tax bill. And that'll go up if we approve that referendum in 26 days. Goes up to what? So it goes up to 25000 25000 So it'd be now, about 150% increase. About that, by the way, a, a curiosity here that was addressed the other night, I gather, at the Oconee, or the Athens-Clark County Republican Party meeting. You were there, and, and, and folks giving a standing ovation to Ross Watson for, <laughs> for his little discovery here. Uh, let me understand. I want to be sure I'm right sure. about this. Uh, it, well, it's not on the ballot. Yeah, it is. It wasn't on the sample ballot. Is that right? Uh, no, it, it was not on the ballot. Not on the ballot. Yeah. So, okay. so how how this all got discovered is Ross Watson, who's a uh, a supporter and friend. He he called me uh, maybe two weeks week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and said, "Hey, I'm looking at the sample ballot online, and I don't see the homestead exemption on the sample ballot." I'd been speaking to several groups, you know, encouraging people to vote yes on it, and I said, "Well, I'm I'm sure it's just not on the sample ballot." But hmm. I but I said, "Let's look into it." And, uh, in fact, he actually also called the Board of Elections. They said, we have no idea what you're talking about. And uh, so then we got on the phone, called the, uh, uh, the county manager, called uh, the S- Secretary of State's office, 
verify one, it was not on the ballot, and two, I said, well, we got to get this thing on the ballot. It's state law, and uh, so. Folks did work around the clock. They ultimately got on. What's the timeline on this? When did you discover this? Or when did Ron's about a week and a half ago? Wow. And and honestly, we thought it was probably. We were told at the very beginning it's probably too late. Too late. Yeah. Uh, Military overseas ballots had already gone out. Uh, They were able to to get it uh, corrected uh, for absentee ballots. You know, because of Senate Bill two hundred two, the Election Integrity Act that we passed uh, last year, absentee ballots would have gone out weeks ago. Uh, they actually went out Monday or Tuesday of this week, so there was time to correct absentee ballots. Um, and and when you go to early vote next Monday, it will be on the ballot. But it had that had a constituent not called and said, "This is uh, doesn't look like this is on the ballot." That thing would not be there. And Ross Watson, that constituent uh, who, who uncovered this, uh, and this leads, I suppose, to speculation. Do we have any idea what happened? Somebody's oversight or something nefarious? What do we think happened here? You know, I don't want to speculate, but I'll say, you know, it's uh, once it was discovered, uh, folks did work around the clock. There is, you know, a state law, but we got into the weeds of, of, of what happens here because, honestly, again, at that time, it seemed like it, maybe nothing could be done. What would have happened had that not been on the ballot? Well, we would have had to pass the bill again. It probably would have been two years from now before oh, it came smokes. back on the ballot, which would have cost every taxpayer in Athens $500 in savings over two years. Yeah, I understand what's at, what's at, what's at stake here. And it, you're assuming it passes. We, I, I frankly, hope it does, and I plan <laughs> yeah. to vote for it. But, I mean, that's it. We get to vote ourselves a tax cut here. That's right. And, uh, again, uh, this— uh, and had it been maybe even two or three days later that Ross had called, it, uh, it it may not have happened. Well, no, okay, again, speculating here, it could have been a couple of years because the legislature would have to pass the bill again. So we wouldn't. this wouldn't be a District 2 circumstance where you could run a special election in March of next year. That couldn't have been— That's right. That wouldn't have been feasible. That's right. And it, this would have been a really—it would have been a really interesting legal question because we were looking at everything in case in case it did not ultimately get on the ballot. Um it would have been a very challenging situation, but fortunately, it did get resolved. Uh, and uh, you know, now it's something. the The law does say that the Secretary of State has to, Secretary of State's office has to give notification to local government once a referendum passes the General Assembly. We're still working to verify that that happened. Also, at the local level, you know what happened, uh, but we might need to strengthen the law on that as well. Just have the Secretary of State's office put it on the ballot so the local government couldn't choose not to. <laughs> Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger dealing with that. State Rep. Houston Gaines in studio with us. I mentioned District 2, athens Clark County Commission District 2, all the controversy there, the Mariah Parker resignation, the special election. Going to hold it in November? No, going to hold it in March of next year in the newly redrawn District 2. A lot of folks, uh, in addition to blaming Mariah Parker, blaming Houston Gaines for a lot of this heartache, that uh, if you folks hadn't did what you did with the, done what you did with the new commission district lines, wouldn't be having this conversation i hadn't heard the blame passed to me yet but but um but but it is uh you know listen the the blame is squarely on the person who abandoned her job and just decided to leave her constituents without representation for the next two years and and this is another one where the legal question is uh the the law is something that folks are having to work through on this because the new district lines do take effect in january yeah my wish is that they had had the election uh in november to get folks uh, uh, representation sooner, and it would have been under the old district lines, uh, which I think made more sense. Uh, and uh, obviously, the Board of Elections chose not to do that in a 3 2 vote. Uh, and, and I think that was uh, something that, you know, uh, this is another one where had Mariah resigned just a couple days earlier and not held her resignation for a week, 
uh, you know, that, that would have made the decision even easier for the Board of Elections. Well, I mean, she announced it, but didn't I actually know. submit it for, as you say, a week, 10 days. Whatever well, and if you see the text messages that have come out through open records requests between her and Melissa Link and some of the other commissioners, it's pretty obvious they were working together, colluding to try to make sure uh, that, that, that this election didn't happen until March so that their preferred candidate could get on the ballot. Uh, any thought? I know the, the folks who filed the lawsuit want the governor to step in and make an appointment. I, I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how you can do that. Yeah, I, we've been looking at that. Uh, I, I don't know that the law uh, allows for that, um, but but we've been talking to that group uh, uh, quite a bit and trying to just have that conversation, uh, and they're working through their legal analysis of how they believe that the governor would have that authority. I can say this, if the governor can, uh, I'm quite confident he would love to, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not, I'm not certain that the law allows for that. State Rep. Houston Gaines, uh, the briefest of breaks back with more classics here today. Okay, uh, your opposition here, your thoughts on Mocha Johnson, not the first time you've, you've run a race against her. Well, this is the second time we've run against one another. We ran in uh, two years ago. You know, it's a close race, close race. It's a uh, competitive district. we got to turn out the vote. Early voting starts on Monday. Uh, but I feel really good. I mean, last time in a, uh, in a tight race, we ultimately won you know, 56% of the vote, and uh, we plan to do even better this time. I mean, I, the, the differences are are clear when you look at my record of getting things done and accomplishing uh, a record of, of uh, whether it's stopping uh, the local governments from defunding the police while my opponent has said she's definitely for defunding uh, the police and you look at her uh, work to try to get school resource officers out of our schools uh, you know the, again uh, on economic policy we're looking at 40-year uh, high inflation here in, in Georgia and across the country at uh, the state level, we've been working to address that with the largest tax cut in state history, passing a billion-dollar tax rebate for uh, for filers. We've uh, worked on property tax relief, which you and I just uh, spoke about, give our military retirees a much-needed tax exemption. We've been working to help uh, Georgians during this time of economic uncertainty. Uh, and so I, I put my record up against anyone, and I'm proud of it and, and look forward to uh, serving another two years. And first elected, uh, you've been in the House since what, 2018? 2018. 2018. 20, so, so this would be four, four years. Four years and, and running for obviously another term now. Uh, have you given any thought? And because, listen, you hear things and people speculate. And this guy, this guy, Houston Gaines, he's got his sights set on something more than the State House someday. How far down the road are you looking? I'm looking for uh, 26 days from now, <laughs> so so trying to get through this race, and uh, uh, because that's you know listen where I where I feel most effective right now is in the state house, and that's what we've been able to do, and and again I I think I've passed 15 bills in my first four years, and I'm really proud of that record. And uh, going to continue to ho- hopefully have the opportunity to serve another two years. Yeah, not to relitigate some of these, but for a moment anyway, uh, the 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 matter of defunding police. Uh, however, one chooses to define defund police. A lot of folks now who advocated that maybe trying to run away <laughs> right. or, or relabel, rebrand uh, the, the defunding of the police. But your specific piece of legislation, uh, and you can remind me more than I'm remembering here, but it spoke to the degree of cuts, budget cuts that local government cities or counties could make to their police departments. It, it put a cap on those cuts. That's right. So it's a 5% cap uh, over any given year or over five years uh, to make sure that local governments aren't uh, unitarily last, uh, slashing their police budgets. Um, and, and so we feel like that measure now did have, you know, if, if we had a loss in population or if you had a loss in revenue, you know, we, there, there were uh, careful considerations taken to make sure if there's a true need to reduce spending, that's covered. But, you know, just to cut 5% or 
ten percent. You know, here in Clark County, there was conversations from a couple of commissioners to cut fifty percent, and we wanted to make sure something like that did not happen. That was the, the proposal here at Anthem. That's right. from Commissioners Denson and I believe Parker, Parker was the other right. wanted to cut it by fifty percent over a ten-year period of time. That, that's right, and that's what our bill would have stopped. You know, this year we also passed a tax credit, seventy-five million dollar tax credit to allow individuals. Uh, to donate a portion of their state tax liability to their local police foundation. So coming up on January 3rd of next year, when uh, the first day of first business day of the year, I'd encourage folks to to go on the Department of Revenue's website. Uh, basically, you apply to give up to $5,000 of your state income tax liability to your local police foundation. So instead of sending that those tax dollars to uh, to bureaucrats in Atlanta, you get to keep it here in Athens and give it to your uh, ACCPD Police Foundation or Oconee County Sheriff's Police Foundation. Um, and again, w- more will be coming out about that, but that is a bill we passed this past session. That w- It's a dollar-for-dollar tax credit. It doesn't cost you a penny, uh, but it provides additional resources for our law enforcement officers. And we've been talking to uh, ACCPD and other law enforcement agencies across the state, and they're really excited about this coming online. Yeah, I don't know how close an ear you keep to the ground on this. We know that locally in local jurisdictions all over the state, and Athens no exception, uh, staffing shortages, shortfalls in, in terms yeah. of the law enforcement, the police department, the sheriff's office. Uh, you as a legislator would, would have a more direct set of hands on things like the state patrol, the GBI, and, and DNR, and those. What, if any, challenges do they seem to be facing? Well, it's the same challenges. You know, it, uh, this past year we did give uh, our state troopers a $5,000 raise uh, to try to help with recruitment and retention and to reward those men and women in blue who put themselves on the front lines, uh, which we need to continue to do. There's a study committee right now looking at law enforcement pay, and we need to do all we can to increase pay. You know, the $75 million tax credit would be a way uh, part of that funding can be used for bonuses for, for local law enforcement agencies uh, across the state. Uh, but we have to do all we can to in- increase uh, pay, invest in training, uh, and continue to invest in law enforcement. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody uh, here recently up in Commerce uh, who owns a funeral home business, and one of the challenges that he's faced is, uh, particularly with, uh, you know, in cases where the the state needs to have the body for a certain period of time, you know, they're, they're having to hold the body for a longer period because uh, they, they don't have the staff in order to get the body back to funeral homes. And that's that's time uh, for families where they're they're having to wait on to have the funeral. And uh, so we're working through that. But, you know, again, the challenges for these agencies is hiring people. We've increased pay. Uh, but, you know, obviously with inflation, some of the other challenges we're seeing today is uh, is, is agencies are having a real challenge getting the staff that they need, getting uh, uh, law enforcement uh, on the ground. And so there are openings uh, across the state and local agencies, and, and we're going to work to address that over the next, you know, when we get back to session, again, in addition to the $5,000 raises we gave this past year and the $75 million tax credit, we certainly have more work to do. You know, state Rep. Houston Gaines, candidate for re-election, uh, another term in the Georgia House. About that, you mentioned the session that starts in January right around the corner, but at the moment, I don't, I don't know how you plan for A, you don't actually know you're going to be there. Right. There's that. you got to win an election, but you don't know who the governor's going to be. Don't know. Here's a kicker. You don't know who the lieutenant governor's going to be. I mean, it's right. some of, and that, that will matter a lot over in the Senate, and that'll impact you folks in the House. How do you, as you sit around, okay, here's what I'd like to do. You get me back there in January. How do you make any kind of plans at this moment? You do have to, and and we already have started looking at, at legislation because it is uh, we're in October, you know, and, and session begins in January. We w- we want to hit the ground running. There are a lot of issues, uh, whether it's you know here locally, we have seen 
you know, the homeless issue. And, and I, a lot of people ask me, how can the state have an impact? And, and we're taking a look at that. So we are looking at, I mean, we've already been talking to the lawyers at the state level, trying to craft legislation. Oh, you have various study committees, House right. and Senate, and sometimes joint committees that have been meeting all summer. That's right. And they'll come forward with their recommendations. You know, the governor's office of planning and budget, even though the, you know, like you said, we don't know who the governor is. Obviously, we certainly, I certainly hope that it's Governor Kemp, and I believe it will be. But his his budget office has already been working uh, through the budget process for next legislative session because it's a $30 billion budget, and that doesn't happen overnight. Mm. Um, and so, you know, all, the agencies have been working us legislators, we have already started looking towards session, uh, but certainly, as you as you noted, uh, I don't know whether I'll be there. I hope to be, uh, <laughs> but but um, but next session we have a lot of work to do, and uh, look forward to working through those issues. Now, do you see any big overarching thing? Obviously, the one thing you have to do the budget and all that goes with that. But is there anything? Let's let me ask the question this way: a specific piece of legislation or two that you might be crafting, even as we speak. Well, I mentioned the homeless uh, situation, panhandling in particular. Uh, we're taking a look at that. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to speak too early because I don't know what the state can and can't do. I will say over the past several years, we passed a piece of legislation in the House. It has not gotten through the Senate to make sure prosecutors in this state, our district attorneys and solicitors, are actually doing their job in prosecuting crime. Unfortunately, we've seen in Athens and in other parts of the state, this is not just a local challenge, uh, where you have a, a, a prosecutors who have chosen and to not prosecute entire classes of crimes. You addressed some of that with that, that gang task force that was put together. That's right. That was a bill that we were proud to pass that allowed the attorney general to have statewide jurisdiction over gangs. We saw just last week that Chris Carr came in, and even though our uh, even though we've been told supposedly there's not a gang problem in Athens, there is. Uh, and Chris Carr came in and, and, and indicted, I believe, nine. I think it's nine people, nine, two over here and seven more that's over right. there. Yeah. That's right, nine members of gangs uh, in Clark County. Uh, so that was one thing. But, but we need to have something in place where district attorneys, if they're not doing their job, they need to, have, uh, they need to be punished. And it judges, there's oversight for judges. There's no oversight whatsoever for district attorneys in the state. That's something we got to change, and uh, and we're going to get that done next year. I think year. it was Saturday, Sunday, one day this past weekend. I'm out back watching football. Leslie's out front doing whatever yard work it is. And, uh, hey, uh, some guy from the Houston Gaines campaign just <laughs> dropped by the house. What in Houston? It was somebody campaigning for. You like this campaigning thing, don't you? Uh, it you know it, it uh, I guess maybe a love hate relationship uh, <laughs> but but uh, we we we're working very hard we have been knocking on doors I think our campaign's knocked on over seven thousand doors uh, me personally I go out as often as I can uh, and and that that's how you spread the message and and we're 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 going to work extremely hard through November eighth uh, to win this race early voting does begin on Monday. Monday. Three uh, weeks so it's of here. early voting. That's All right, right. State Rep Houston Gaines, best of luck out there. Thanks for coming in this morning. Thanks, Tim. GAU. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.